Welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies for the mid-market with leading SAP HANA experts. Welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. My name is Ginger, and I'll be your host for this series. Today, our topic is architecture and designs that drive implementation for the mid-market. I'm super happy to be here today. We're joined by our mid-market expert who's been with us on a lot of these podcasts. Henrik is back today. Hello, Henrik. Always a pleasure to be here, Ginger. How are you? Oh, it's great. Well, I'm doing great. It's always good to have someone from the other side of the pond with us today. So thank you for joining. And then my local buddy here in Texas with me, Matt, who's an expert on architecture and designs. Matt, welcome. This is your first podcast with us, right? Yes, it is, Ginger. Thank you. And I look forward to this. I'm so glad that you were able to be with us here today. So, Matt, talking about you're the expert on architecture and designs, right? You've been doing this for, I don't know, how many years? A long time. Uh, This is really your baby. So just start by talking about architecture and design. What do we mean, Matt? We just need you to enlighten us. So tell us what we're really talking about here today. Okay. Well, typically what we're talking about is, is a blueprint for your for what your organization does. Um, it's like a blueprint for your house. So when you built your house or if you've ever built a house, you've seen blueprints where it shows the walls, it shows the plumbing, it shows the electricity, um, it shows how things come together. That's a challenge today for many of our organizations. And so what architecture and design does is the digital part of that versus the physical side that we see in our house. So. Um, Realistically, what we're trying to help you achieve is an understanding of how all the different parts of your organization work together to achieve your goals, whether it be a business process, a requirement, a capability of your business to make a differentiation in the market, um, as well as the IT and solutions that support that, and then, of course, the data, because the data typically is at the heart of these solutions that drive the outcomes uh, many times. And so really what we're trying to do is give you that blueprint um, of your organization to drive consistency and quality, because typically what we see are challenges in organizations that, that, that drive the need for this, which is they have regulatory compliance. They continue to have delayed projects or projects that may fail because they don't understand the intersections until after the part of the project is already implemented because they didn't have a blueprint to start with. But You know, in the physical world, the challenge we have, Ginger, is that the blueprint is a one-and-done kind of thing. You build the blueprint, you build your house, the blueprint never gets updated. But in the reality of our business world today, we need to be able to keep that up to date. And that's what we do um, here at SAP is we provide you a solution that provides that architecture and design that continues to update over time. Um, and it's a, because it is digital. It's a digital blueprint because, again, it's something you consistently can update through multitude of ways. And really what happens at the end of the day, we see customers who have this living blueprint um, really starts to speed their time to innovation because now instead of guessing what's out there, guessing what systems and solutions support what capabilities and meet what requirements, they, they have a much higher level of confidence, and therefore they're, they're willing to take that risk and innovate forward. Um, without having uh, as much apprehension. And so therefore it gets done faster because they know exactly what they need to change uh, versus not. What, what if I'm already live? Let's say I've been, you know, I have my systems and they're up and running. So maybe I'm not on S4 Hunter or something yet, but let's say I have several systems going. Does it still apply to me or does it only apply if I'm implementing the first time? 
That's a good point. So in the real world, we all have something we've already had, we already have in, yeah. in our environment. So the architecture and design is meant to start wherever you're at. Um, we kind of call that just day zero, so to speak. And so with this, with this, you can actually bring things in so we can document your customer schema. So go out and touch your different databases and look at those. Um, you can bring in things that typically you're already going to have in Excel spreadsheets and um, other multitude of you know BPMN files from different solutions, possibly if you're doing business process. So um, Word documents, if you have requirements, or RecIF, if you already have a requirement solution that's not integrated to an architecture and design kind of platform. So we, we, we call that day zero because, again, we, we need to provide you the ability to bring that information in so you can move forward. Not, it's not just a, I'm starting a new project, this is the time it is. Typically what happens is many customers say, I want to start a new project, but I need to understand, I, I need to get a hold of my house, so to speak, as we would call it. And, and get an inventory of it. And this is kind of that inventory from an architecture and design because it, it elevates it so everybody can understand it, not just the system operator, not just the business expert. And it brings together that collaboration to start the process. Yeah, so who is the person who normally gets involved with this? Is it, you know, because it's, it's, like you say, it's a nice bridge between the business expert and the, and the IT person. Who is it like an IT person that works with this and brings in the business, but who's the person in my company who's going to be working on this? So typically the, the workers are very diverse. So in today's world, you may be doing some of this concept of architecture and design, but typically what we see is it's done in Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoints, Word documents, um, and, and, and wikis and, and jam pages and intranet sites. And what it is is trying to build a knowledge base and communicate this to the masses, so to speak. And we always say, you know, the reason we do architecture and design is because a picture's worth a thousand words. And so typically the people who interact with this are just, just like we would in our regular organizations, not just an IT tool. It's going to be your business analysts. It's going to be your enterprise architects. It's going to be your data and solution architects. And then even your developers will start to use this because now instead of going and tapping on somebody's shoulder to try to understand the context of why they're trying to build something, they have that at their fingertips. Um, and then last but not least, typically this becomes a knowledge base um, for everybody to share from. So, and it's a living knowledge base versus just not a, not a single project wiki type of thing. Yeah, so if I'm looking at a new project where I'm doing spatial or machine learning, those types of things, you said that this can really help me with my innovation because I'm going to know what I have, right? What sources do I have? Where is my data? Is that, is that right? Am I getting this or not? You're spot on. And, and the other benefit of it is because when we look at the today's world, we're not just dealing in structured data. You know, mm -hmm. if we talked 10, 15 years ago, it was structured data. But now data comes so fast and typically it's very, it's unstructured. Um, and so having the ability not only to understand where your structured data is, but your unstructured data and what it looks like. And that's the key in, in applying machine learning in this case, um, is understanding what that, what the unstructured data looks like so I can extract the value out of it and make decisions. Okay, that's good. All right, Hendrick, I want to pull you into this conversation. I know you, you lead our uh, mid-market business in EMEA, so uh, what's your perspective on this, and why do you think uh, mid-market customers need to invest in architecture and design? Well, Ginger, uh, look at mid-sized mid markets and mid-sized companies. Uh, I think that even they do deserve design. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's put it another way, Ginger. Have you ever seen somebody, um, you know, have you ever seen the result of a house being built without a blueprint? It doesn't look good, right? So actually, even for mid-sized companies, I would even see it, it may be sometimes even more uh, critical to have access to this kind of tools because they would not necessarily have a big team of architects maintaining uh, these uh, blueprints by hand, okay? So having this kind of tool is an excellent way for them to rationalize their uh, blueprint management uh, and to actually get something that which is fit to purpose as a result of uh, any kind of decision and any kind of investment they make. Yeah. Um, another way to look at this is you want to build something new uh, it can be something very simple to something more complicated. It can be a new dashboard. It can be you taking an Excel spreadsheet and you bring it into the uh, mobile apps world or you re-engineer uh, a business process. Uh, it's easy to run. Well, it's not easy necessarily, but it's, it's good practice now. To, uh, it's you know, in exploding practice to run uh, design thinking sessions with all of kind, all kinds of stakeholders from within the company. Uh, you get a lot of enthusiasm. You even come up maybe with a prototype, uh, first on paper, and you, then you would use something like the build.me tool, which is part of SAPCloud platform, to actually have what looks like a mock-up of a mobile app that actually can, you can look at on, the, uh, on a device. Of course, there's nothing behind it, but people are now starting to say, yes, this is what we need. We need to get this done, and we need to get it done fast. Yeah, mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily that easy to you know, go from that prototype to something that actually will integrate into the backend system. You have to think about all of the constraints you have. Uh, is going to be deployed uh, on-premise, or is it going to be on cloud? Is it going to be on Cloud Foundry? Will it be containerized with Kubernetes, uh, how about the security setups, the DMZ, uh, all of that is something that, you know, you need to do a design phase, you need to mm. do that blueprint exercise, you need to do the interaction diagram uh, of how this is going to be set up, and this is where you have this wonderful tool, EA Designer, that will allow you to do that, you know, either from the on-premise world or from the cloud, uh, simplifying things a lot. Uh, and you can end up with a robust uh, framework that will give you a clear roadmap for how you're going to design this and implement it moving forward, okay? Wait, Henrik, let me interrupt you. You said the tool name is what? Because Matt, we didn't mention that. EA, is that what I heard yeah. you say? EA, EA, could you tell me that again? Yeah, so uh, EA Designer, so Enterprise okay. Architecture Designer. Okay. 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 Got it. We had a, the, the, it 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 kind of, you know was re-engineered uh, recently, now mm -hmm. applicable as a as a pure cloud uh, sub cloud platform uh, solutions. In in former iterations, it already exists also existed uh, as a on-premise version. Um, very popular tool on the desktop environment called Power Designer. Ah, yeah. yeah, Power Designer. Okay, all right, so Power Designer on the desktop, EA Enterprise Architecture Designer on the cloud. Is that right? Did I get that right, Henry? Um, the cloud or as a extension to Sapana, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. And now you mentioned this, this has been in the SAP portfolio now for the past five years, uh, and it is become, even in the mid-market, I would say maybe even especially in the mid-market, it's become extremely popular. 
for, no, uh, for, for a, a, a critical you know, requirement, which is documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many of our customers, they might have some maybe 10-year-old design specs. They are up there on the top shelf gathering dust. And then they have these business processes that has been implemented, you know, 10 years ago initially, and then they've been updated and changed, and, you know, uh, they're living their own lives for 10 years. Uh, and for various reasons, this enterprise might, might need to, you know, envision moving forward, might envision mergers and acquisition, might envision new things, and needs to have a documentation of what is actually running in the system today. And if they're looking back at what is on that top shelf drawer, well, <laughs> it's probably going to be useless because the systems lives, okay? They change, they evolve, they mutate. Uh, so a key and very neat feature, frankly, of, of this tool, uh, designer, is that we can actually go in and integrate with, for instance, the SAP Solution Manager uh, in an SAP ERP environment and reverse engineer yeah, the business processes that exist within the system. And that's quite radical. It's not talk just about reverse engineering databases. There are other tools that can do that as well, but we can actually also reverse engineer business processes and have a unified uh, modeling environment for both the process world and the data world. That's so if, if I'm trying to get a handle on what I, let's say we have a plan. I met with so many customers recently that are going to move to S4 at some point in the future, right? They're, they're not sure when, maybe next year, maybe year after. Would this be a way to get a handle on, let's say I've had, you know, I went from R3 to, you know, enterprise and now I'm on ECC to get a handle on those business processes before I move? Is that, is that a recommended way that, that we're having people use this? Definitely yes. Definitely yes. It works in conjunction with other tools from the from SAP. Okay. But definitely, this is the key one. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Matt, did you want to add anything to that particular use case for reverse engineering? Have you seen that a lot? So we we have, and typically it's in the business process space. So typically they may take note of of what they currently have from a BPMN perspective. So bring in the BPMN files, like we talked about earlier, of a kind of a day zero. So they'll take the BPMN files out of what they may be using today, whether it's mm-hmm. an existing SAP solution or another solution, bring that in to understand what processes they have today. They may map that to a set of capabilities because typically one of the reasons they're moving to S4 is to bring more capabilities to their organization in a more centralized, integrated manner, right? So then they can also see what they're going to get when they move to these processes and these new processes are documented as part of SAP best practices um, in a BPMN file that can also be brought into um, EA Designer as well as part of the model company effort with Solution Manager. So we work with things like Solution Manager 7.2 to be able to take those business processes and bring them in the larger context of of enterprise architecture. So that means bringing in the data side, the the application solution integration and things of that nature like Henrik had mentioned uh, around the you know, where, where, where things connect, what's passing through these connections, that type of thing. Okay. And Henrik, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, well, Matt, we were talking about the kind of person who would do this, the business, you know, the, the business analyst and the person on the IT side. It's a, it's a diverse group of people and the roles are changing. So Henrik, on this reverse engineering, are you seeing, uh, I know partners are really heavy in the mid-market. Are partners coming in and helping out with this type of, of use case? 
Yes, of course, for partners, this is a huge accelerator for their projects. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, they, otherwise they will have to spend you know something which is hard to justify versus the customer. They would have to spend a lot of time just, uh, just uh, figuring out all of this have. reverse engineering manually, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, all right, that makes that sense. Would, that would have you know from a customer's perspective, that is kind of time uh, spent, but not really that they cannot be matched easily against a, a value add. Okay, good. So that's that's one use case. So Matt, what are some other kind of examples that, that you're seeing uh, for the use case of EA designer and or the power designer tool? Tell us some of what you're seeing there. So when we think about EA designer and, and architecture and design, uh, there's a couple different use cases. One's going to be, you know, I'm trying to build a new data warehouse. Typically, we're trying to take advantage of things like the SAP HANA platform, whether it's on-premise or in the cloud with the HANA um, as a service. So with that, um, we're looking to migrate, you know, or combine typically multiple points. So typically we're trying to document and say we're moving from an Oracle or Microsoft or DB2. We're going to move that information or Teradata. We're going to move that information. Well, the first part, typically the hardest part, is trying to take those data structures that we've defined in these other data platforms and, and migrate the structure. You know, it's like picking up the frame of your house and moving it to another. It's like moving a house, right? Right. You kind of right. have to, you have to know how to how that how that structure maps because an integer may not be an integer as you move from one database platform to another. So we see that a lot in the data warehouse space of, mm. because typically if I did this by hand when I've seen it done by hand and I kind of chuckle at that because. You know, um, I've done it by hand. You know, when I first started this, that's how I picked up an architecture tool um, many years ago, as, as you as you uh, pointed out. But with that, um, you know, we used to do it by Excel spreadsheets. We'd do a mapping spreadsheet, and it was a nightmare because there's always mistakes. The tool handles that for you, right? And then it gives you the ability. So instead of taking three weeks to do that, or th you know, I've seen I've seen it from three weeks to a month to make, just do that mapping exercise of structure to structure. We can do that in less than five minutes, typically, oh, wow. um, because it's built within the tool. I mean, again, as as, as, he's, as Henrik has pointed out, this has been around for many years, and we have that knowledge and we have that 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 breadth of and understanding of how these things map. And so I see that happening a lot. Um, and then the other examples around GDPR. You know, mm -hmm. whether it's whether, and I'm just going to call it data privacy, right? Because we continue to, to come across these type of, type of topics. Now, GDPR is the one we have today. We've had Sarbanes-Oxley in the past. We've had PII, personal identifiable information in the healthcare industry, specifically in the US and North America markets. So what we see is the ability to be able to understand how that requirement is being executed and maintained but that's easy, right? We could do that today if we just ran, uh, you know, a SQL query against my database and found out everything that is anonymized or masked or something like that. But realistically, we also need to understand from a business perspective because the business makes that decision, not the developer, not the database architect. So now we have that that end-to-end -end flow of the business can define what needs to be modified and maintained as gdpr or data privacy mm -hmm. that then that knowledge passes directly to the developer and in and in ea designer specifically for hana we actually make that trans we can help make that transition from the business to the um, actual implementation because we already have things supporting hana's anonymization and masking and things of that nature so that's one example. Mm -hmm. 
So have you seen companies when they're doing like governance initiatives or they have governance programs in place? Would this normally fall within that program or is it kind of a separate program? Do you see it fitting in with governance initiatives or so, more as a sidecar to those? Yeah. So typically it's, it's kind of front and center okay. um, with governance. And the reason being is, you know, anytime you're going to be inspected, um, if you can produce the documentation, typically the inspectors get satisfied very quickly and move along. Um, what happens typically in a governance process, and, and again, it's not just response to a single investigation or a single audit, but basically this is a way to manage that year-round without being overly invasive mm -hmm. and overly heavy in the governance process. So typically it's integrated as part of the governance process because now I'm governing the definition at the business side from the business process and business capability through the business data model and then to the technology. What system is it running in? What location? What uh, DNZ? What? And then it's exactly what data is being captured and, and, and modified to be protected. Um, and so now I have a very easy way to not only manage that year-round, but when it does come time or a question comes about, I'm very easy. To, you're very easy to respond because it's a live blueprint. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you to clarify for me a little bit about what the product is and how do I get it. We mentioned Power Designer, EA Designer with HANA. Could you just let me know? I mean, now we always have so many options. What are the options for, uh, for our architecture and design products that we have? So, uh, of course, as, as we've mentioned, we've talked about Power Designer. Power Designer has been in the market for many years, over, uh -huh. over 20 some odd years. But that's, when we look at that, what, what we, we looked at the learnings from that. And what we did is we really went to our new strategic solution for architecture and design, which is a cloud-first product, because that's what our customers were asking. I, you can't take a Windows-based client um, and, and move it to the cloud, right? right so right. we re-architected, we redesigned, and we went with a cloud-first approach. And that's where EA Designer or Enterprise Architecture Designer came from, is, is that knowledge base of 20-plus years of modeling uh, of architecture and design. Um, tied with the knowledge of now the cloud. So we moved this to the cloud, and with that, you can, you can the product's available both on the SAP cloud platform okay. as, as a software, as a full software as a service. So you don't have to worry about, you know, what database is it running on, what application server is it using. You don't care. Right. You just, it's a software as a service. We maintain the data, we update, um, we update the software, you know, we maintain the system on the back end. It's a true software as a service. It's not just a hosted solution. And then at the same time, you can also buy this on premise. Um, and so we do have some customers, depending upon the regulatory initiatives that they must follow, who want to have this not as a software as a service, but on premise. And so with that, if you have HANA 2, Mm -hmm. um, it's a HANA 2 based on-premise application, so it runs on top of HANA 2 as an application in, in the enterprise or standard editions of HANA, as well as it comes with HANA Express as part of your trial. So those are the typical places that customers can uh, acquire and utilize the software. Okay, so you said it comes with a HANA Express trial, right, and then uh, for on-premise, and then we also have it's available as part of the cloud platform trial as well, if I sign up for that. Correct. Yeah. So, okay. so, and that was actually just released last Friday, which is kind of neat. This, this is all good timing. <laughs> so um, the good news is, is that, yes, yeah, so if you go out to the SAP cloud platform, you sign up for your trial. Um, basically, once you get to your tenant, 
your, your sub account, as we would call it technically, um, you'll be able to subscribe to it. It's a subscription. So you'll see four subscriptions today, um, and we continue to add those at SAP, but you'll see an SAP EA Designer Trial Cloud Edition subscription. You subscribe to it for 30 days, and you can use it to your heart's content. It's a full functioning product for 30 days. Okay. So um, I'm limited then, by time. I just can't go. I'm just limited by time, but I can do anything you, I want to. Full use for 30 days, full right? Full use. Okay. Correct. Okay. And then I cut you off. What else are you going to say? I was going to say, well, we also have this other method of doing it, which is kind of in a hosted environment. So if you didn't want to bring HANA Express and, and install it on your local machines internally, you can also use what we call a client access library. Um, and that's really basically a hosted solution that we package called a CAL. Um, and you can take that CAL and deploy it on your infrastructure as a service vendor, whatever hyperscaler you may be using, whether it's, you know, Amazon or Google or Azure, um, and be able to deploy that CAL image out there and use it. And that CAL image allows you to see the full, it's really built around an end-to-end -end story around data warehousing. So it's going to have, of course, HANA, it's going to have, EA Designer is going to have the Data Warehouse Foundation, um, and it's really, you can use all of it or just the EA Designer piece. It's up to you. Okay. So it comes with the Data Warehouse trial on Cal. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. All right. Yeah, because in these podcasts, we've been talking about several trials that we have. We have Master Data Governance on Cal. We have HANA XE on Cal. We have the Data Warehouse trial. It doesn't come with a HXE on Cal. Does it come with that, or is that, do I have to download it to get it there? Do you happen to know? Um, that one, I'm not sure, Ginger. Okay. I, 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 would, okay. I would think, I would think it, it, it is It probably there, does come there, because you can deploy, yes. when you do the HANA XE, you can decide, I just want to deploy it, deploy it on the Cloud Appliance Library. Okay. Right, right. So that's good. So basically, if I get HANA, whether download or on Cloud Appliance Library, I get it. If I do the Data Warehouse trial on the Cloud Appliance Library, I get it. Or if I sign up on the Cloud Platform, I get it as well. So Correct. For trial. So that, that's a lot for of trial. options for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Super. All right. And Henrik, on the trials on cloud platform, I know that we've had you on a couple of other uh, podcasts where we've talked about cloud platforms. We talked about the data quality microservice we have. That's also a trial on cloud platform. We've talked about the HANA service. It's another service on cloud platform. Uh, we talked about the trial for that. And Henrik, you were telling us earlier about some other cool services that you're seeing on the cloud platform for the mid-market. What's one or two of those that you mentioned before? Hey, uh, if you're looking at cloud platform, it's it's amazing. Every week you have new services, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you, you have the whole uh, innovation, I would say, what we sometimes put under the SAP Leonardo brand, like IoT, machine learning, blockchain, and the new blockchain um, you know, frameworks that, is be that have become available recently. Uh, you have chatbots, uh, so you're having new uh, class of um, uh, neural network-based uh, chatbot capabilities. You don't need to know that this neural networks. You can actually program chatbots that will behave in a, in a very human way uh, for the people that are visiting your, your, your applications or your, or your websites. One of the uh, recent really cool uh, additions that we had to uh, to, to this environment, SAP Cloud Platform, you know, SAP Platform as a Service, is what we refer to now as Open Connectors. Mm -hmm. So Open Connectors is uh, 
a, a vast library, I think that already more than 300 of them, of APIs that are connecting not to SAP applications, but to third-party applications. So, so third-party applications where SAP have peer-to-peer -peer agreements, yeah, and uh, we can now have, uh, you know, documented uh, connectivity to third-party applications, be they, uh, you know, essentially cloud applications, but also you know, potentially on-premise applications, but that, that are, you know, developed by other vendors in the marketplace today. So that is actually, you know, matching the, uh, the reality of most customers that is not um, a totally homogeneous landscape, but also always, you know, faced with a necessity to integrate these heterogeneous landscapes. So having that new um, you know, API documentation and uh, proven integration points takes a lot of the guesswork out of building these mashup applications that the future requests. Yeah, okay. So if you're already a partner or customer using Cloud Platform, you should check out all the connectors that are new and also check out this enterprise architecture uh, service that's there. So the Cloud Platform, as you said, it's always got these amazing services that are coming and that's just going to continue to grow. So good. Definitely. So uh, we're, we'll put some uh, links here about the uh, the enterprise architecture designer. I want to be sure, Matt, you did a fantastic uh, tech ed uh, quick session. We, we'll we'll put that here. We'll put our links from sap.com on the enterprise architecture designer. We'll put information on the trial. We'll put a video out there. Are there any final words or tips or any things that we didn't say that y'all think we needed to say? I think we gave everyone a good overview of kind of what it is and how to get started. And lot, there's lots of options on using it. That anything else either of y'all want to say in closing? I think we pretty much said it all. I think, again, um, there's blogs out there. There's blogs on the cow. There's blogs out there that are starting to come about. There's an open SAP course as well on this topic. Oh, okay. So you have multiple ways to learn about it and then try it out. All right. All right. Henrik, any final words from you, friend? No, it's, I mean, you know, well, mid-sized customers, they really need it. And I say uh, they need it more than the, than the large enterprise, and they can actually leverage this uh, to get an, an edge on those early competitions. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both for joining. I hope you guys will join us on our next Let's Talk Data podcast series. Thank you.